one. Ladies and gentlemen, the NFL draft is only nine days away. And if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will, because this is the closest we're going to get to real sports for a very long time. Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast. I'm Nick Drago. Today on the show, James Seltzer from Sports Radio WIP joins us to talk Phillies, Eagles, and beyond. Stick with us, friends, because sports, sports, sports starts now. And welcome, welcome to the Sports 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 Podcast with me, your host, Nick Drago. For those of you that are new to the show, usually we talk about all the sports news and information from the previous week and give you some insight on what's going to happen over the next week or beyond, whatever. Um, Now, some of you may be thinking, wait a second, hold on here, Nick, you're doing one of these things on a Tuesday? That's not usually right. I know, I know, usually I do these on Sunday, but uh, today, it's not like I really had much else going on, so I figured, hey, why not uh, do a little special episode, a little quarantine treat for you guys who are stuck inside and pulling your hair out thinking, why aren't I watching hockey right now like I am, but... uh, I get it. I totally get it. So, uh, hey, welcome to the show. I know uh, I've had a good couple days since uh, I last signed on to one of these, so nothing really changing on my end. But uh, for those at home, if you like what you hear, please find me on SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, and the Facebook. Just type in Sports, Sports, Sports with Nick Drago. You can also email me directly, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Again, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so for many of you at home, yes, I am wearing a a New York Jets shirt. You might even see the Jets banner behind me here. But I am, in fact, living within the city limits of Philadelphia, which by law apparently means I have to like the Eagles and the Phillies. This is what I was told when I first moved here. Not entirely true. Oh, that's not true. I do enjoy watching the Phillies and the Eagles. I probably watch the Eagles more than the Jets at this point, but we're not going to tell anybody uh, that I know in New York about that one. So just... Keep that to yourself right now. Um, But joining me on the show today to talk more Phillies, Eagles, and beyond is James Seltzer from Sports uh, Sports Radio WIP. So uh, let's kick it over to James. James, welcome to the show. How are you? Ah, it's a pleasure, Nick. Thanks for having me, man. (laughs) Are you you surviving the apocalypse right now? Yeah, I'm trying my best, man. It's a... it's a different world we're living in right now, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting through. It's not too bad on my end. That's good. No uh, mad dashes to the grocery store. Or, there have uh, been some grocery store trips. Yes, okay. there have been. But you okay. know, you, you mask up, you glove up, you do the whole thing. It's yeah, not not what you would uh, expect, but yeah, I'm getting through it. That's good. That's good to yes. hear. Um, So Phillies, right? Yes. This whole thing. This whole quarantine thing is uh, driving me nuts because opening day was would have been last week at this point. Yeah, yeah. And now, and now I have no baseball to watch. Yeah, tell me about it, man. It is. Uh, look, there are much more important things going on in the world right now than sports. <laughs> I get that, but, for sure. But uh, yeah, I just think it's like an escape as a distraction for all of us. We could really use some baseball right now, and it is a bummer not to have it. Is definitely, it's frustrating. Yeah. For sure. You know, I've been really, uh, 
reading up to, to you know the latest plan is they want to have instead of having an American League and a National League, the Grapefruit they, League. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're going to separate it out into Grapefruit League, and I don't know what they call it out in Arizona, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I I think ultimately it, what the it, it, and again. It's such a fluid situation. It's you know, one of those things where it seems, you know, one day it's this, the next day it's that. I mean, they were playing sports one night and then the next night, no sports leagues are even, you know, <laughs> happening anywhere. They had yeah. fans in the stadiums one night and the next day there's no one anywhere and yeah. you can't, you know, do anything. So it's all fluid and stuff. I think the it's far more likely the original plan they talked about, the Arizona plan, where they have all the teams in a, in a general area and mm-hmm. try and play at a, a certain 10 stadiums or I think that's a more likely plan of the two plans but okay whatever it takes to get baseball on my TV I'm good with I'm good with no fans in the stadiums yeah I'm I whatever they need to do to make me watch baseball I'm again <laughs> obviously safely you know it's the most important right. thing but, of course but yeah. assuming they could do it whatever they need to do I support yeah um it's funny i was actually at like the last spring training game this year oh get out of here yeah, really? we were at uh my my wife and i we were down in in west palm beach for a week that's where her parents are from and we did a trip it was mets and astros um so it was fun you know i got to boo out tuve a little bit there you um, go. There you go. <laughs> but of course i mean they've gotten the luckiest out of ever this whole thing that the astros it's yeah they were heading into the, the roughest season, the, the biggest villain we've had in sports. And <laughs> now I think there are a lot more important things going on. No one really cares about the Astros. Well, they might get lucky. And if we don't have a season at all, then, you know, what do they have? One year of Dusty Baker and then bring yeah. back A.J. Hinch and yeah, all right, is well. And now comes back and they're all set. Yeah. Next thing you know, they got a whole drum circle going on in the dugout again. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I found what I found interesting was if they do end up doing this whole thing, grapefruit league, whatever is now you have all these new divisions that are being formed. Mm -hmm. And so you'd have the Phillies playing with teams like the Yankees, the blue Jays that they normally wouldn't be playing against. Yeah. I think it's a fun idea. I mean, from that perspective, it would be a good setup for the Phillies. The Yankees are good. The pirates, the tigers, the blue Jays are all bad. Yeah. So, you know, they're in a division right now with four potential playoff teams. I mean, the Mets, Nats, and Braves are all really good teams along with the Phillies. So I think from that perspective, it helps. Now, if you look at the whole grapefruit league as a whole, it's probably stronger than Arizona's league. So you worry a little bit about all the talented teams that would be in Florida competing. I don't know how it would work in terms of whether the division winner and then it's, you know, wild card from that. Yeah. Um, but I think just on a pure division basis, it would be a lot easier for the Phillies. And, and again, you don't know who they're going to play. Are they going to play the division a bunch of times? That would make a difference. So yeah, that's true. I think there's a lot of logistical type of stuff that it makes it a little hard to judge whether it's a positive or a negative. Yeah. Actually, you made a really good point. Is they, they're, are, they're in a very tough division right now between the Braves, yeah. the Nationals. You know, the Mets have always that could be in there, not in there. They're kind of playing back and forth. The Marlins, we're not even talking about the Marlins. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But and really, I, I think the Phillies made a lot of good moves in the offseason too to to be a contender. Sure, you know. Yeah, I liked. Look, I love the Didi Gregorius move. I love the yeah. Zach Wheeler move. I think they, they it was frustrating to watch what they were doing because they weren't willing to go over the luxury tax. And right. I think you know they're they're this close. You know, they're right there, but they're not as good as the Braves. They're not as good as yeah. the Dodgers. There are a few teams that are just more talented than they are the Nationals, for what it's worth. Yeah. More talented than the Phillies. Um, I think really skimping on the bullpen is is the biggest mistake they made. Yeah. Trusting that Sir Anthony Dominguez was going to be able to stay healthy, that he wouldn't, you know, that 
it never works. The rehabbing the Tommy John surgery never works. You have to get the Tommy John. I feel like Masiro Tanaka is the only guy I could think of who ever rehabbed the, the torn ulnar collateral ligament and actually mm-hmm. worked out for him. And he's not somebody who throws 100 miles an hour like Sir Anthony does. Right. So I, I don't blame Sir Anthony Dominguez for not wanting to get the surgery, for wanting to try and rehab it. If Dr. James Andrews says, hey, I think this might work, fine i get that i blame the phillies for not having a backup plan and now sir anthony's out for the season and they had no backup plan and they're they're they have a lot of talent in the bullpen so I, I worry about the bullpen i think i think they're good they're not quite good enough you know they'll they'll yeah. compete they have a chance to maybe get a wild card again this is all who knows a shortened season variance there's so many different factors yeah. where you know all of a sudden we could see a team no one thought making the playoffs who just gets off to a hot start and then all of a sudden they're a playoff contender you know so um, it, who knows with the shortened season, but I think in a general sense, I think they're probably, I think they're better than the Mets. I don't think they're that much better. They're probably the third best team in their division. And you know, it's, it's not good enough when you consider they went out, they got Bryce Harper, they traded for JT Romuto. They gave up their top prospect to do it. I mean, yeah. you're kind of building a window right there and through a number for a number of reasons, lot, you know, lack of draft and developing all those types of things. They, they just aren't strong enough in the moment with the window that they have. And I think it's frustrating for most Phillies fans. Yeah. I, I mean, I can, I, I totally see where you're coming from. You know, I think the the starting pitching is a mess, you know, Nolan Wheeler, are great finds, but beyond that, there's really no, nothing else. Yeah. There's no one you can count on for sure. Right. Right. I, I, the only other pitcher I can think of, well, you have Eflin. You Eflin have, Eflin's uh, fine. You know, Arietta uh, is, is disappointing. Yeah. Nevada Velasquez, you can't count on those guys. So no. I think, from a offensively, they're good, especially getting McCutcheon back. That'll help. They'll be a good team offensively. I think Girardi's. Good. I think the biggest difference is Girardi. I think going from Gabe Kapler to Joe Girardi is a massive difference. Oh, yeah. And I don't think like a manager makes a ten-win difference in baseball or anything like that. But I do think that when you go from someone like Kapler and go to a, uh, like I think it's a real culture changer to bring in a guy like Girardi. The professionalism, the um, clout that he has when he walks into that locker room, that clubhouse, you know, players respect Joe Girardi. They look at Joe Girardi and say that dude won a world series. That's a, a real professional baseball manager. And I don't think they looked at Gabe Kapler that way. I think they, <laughs> you know, I mean, he was a weird dude, all that, but even just on a basic level, he was play- like Sean Rodriguez played with him. You know, a guy who was yeah. on the team played with Gabe Kapler. I think they looked at Kapler as someone they could maybe walk all over a little bit more. Someone who was more of a buddy than a manager. And I think, you know, I think bringing someone in who is the defined voice in the room, the, the adult in the room, like Girardi, someone with a track record of success like he has, I think that's going to make a massive, di- like a massive difference yeah. for this team on a culture level from a year to year level. But I still think from a talent perspective, they're just a little short, which is frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, a, a lot of those guys too, you know, Hoskins and, and, um, uh, Real Muto and and Harper, they were all they were all twenty what twenty five twenty six years well, old. 20, yeah, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. You know. So it's really like the time you need to yeah you need to move. Uh, this would be Harper's age twenty seven season. I think Real Muto's turning yeah. twenty nine. Hoskins, I think, is twenty six or twenty seven. Kingery's twenty five or twenty six. So there's definitely years. Like it's not like a super tight window. You do you can grow somewhat with these guys, but. They're entering the prime. I mean, 27, 28, that's the prime of your career. That's when you're supposed to be at your physical peak. You don't want to waste those Bryce Harper years, you know? So yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a balancing act that ultimately, you know, because of, of poor GMing, because of a bad job drafting and developing, they don't have the organizational talent that they should have. And thus, they're in a position where they have to go out and spend money in order to bulk up the spots they need to bulk yeah. up. And 
they weren't willing to just go all in and spend all the money. They wanted to spend up to a certain amount of money. <laughs> and I think it's going to come back to bite them. ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so all in all, I mean, you, you don't really see them getting anywhere past a wild card at this point. Yeah, yeah look, you I, never know what can happen if you make yeah. the playoffs. You know, if Wheeler and Nola go on a run, you know, especially in a shortened season where you're going to have fresh arms. Who knows? Spencer Howard coming up from the minors, I think could be right. a big difference. He's legit. Alec Baum is another guy from the minors they could bring up and have a chance to kind of shot in the arm type of thing. So, I like... You never say never, but ultimately, no. I mean, the Dodgers yeah. are way better. I mean, the Dodgers are way better. Base. <laughs> They're a way better baseball team than the Phillies. So ultimately, I don't see it going past, you know, maybe they get lucky and went around. But, you know, I, I think that they're short this year, which, which is too bad. But look, the Phillies have made the playoffs in almost a decade, which yeah. is crazy to think about because that 07 to 11 run really was special. And they made, you know, won the division five years yeah. ago, won a World Series, lost in the World Series another year. It was a real deal run and i think it it you know it feels like it was more recent than it was but it's almost a decade ago since they made the playoffs since they competed they've been a laughing stock for a few years so um i think just making the playoffs would be a real accomplishment i i don't want to diminish that as a phillies fan I, I would be ecstatic to just to see playoff baseball at citizens bank park again or even if it's not at citizens bank park in arizona or whatever it is yeah. um i would be excited to see them play playoff games again but i think ultimately they're probably not good enough to to do what everyone ultimately wants them to do. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's been a long time since, like you said, 10 years. Yeah. You know, they had a couple seasons after that. It's funny. They, I think it was every season they slightly got worse and worse. It was yeah. like, Until won the they World were the worst Series, team in baseball. lost yeah. the World Series. Yeah, and you're it was right. Yeah. Divisional lost rounds. The, yeah, you're it was right. like, come on. Yeah. Um, Progressing in the wrong direction. Bottom of the barrel. And now I, they really don't have any, any huge... Uh, Big names coming up in the minors. They they don't really have. Yeah, they just any got those talent. two guys. They got Spencer Howard and Alec yes, Boehm, who are right. both close to the majors, but they don't have that organizational depth. They don't have those, you know, like the Dodgers. Not only the Dodgers just like super talented on the major league level, but they keep bringing all these guys up. I mean, yeah. they got like Dustin May, who's a top twenty prospect. Gavin Lux, a top ten. Yeah. I mean, they could just bring these guys in and like have a guy pitch out of the bullpen because like. Sure, why not? You know, yeah. a, a guy who someday will be a great starter in the majors. They got Walker Bueller and Cody Fellander and all this young talent. And um, that's what's frustrating. I think, especially when you talk about how the Phillies go from that run, you know, the five year run where they're the yep. best team in baseball at one point, certainly the best team in the National League, National League East. You know, you, when you bottom out after that, when you get bad and you trade away your assets, you're supposed to come back up. It's what the Astros did. You know, they, they were bad for three years, but yeah. then they got a bunch of talented guys in their system and they developed them. You know, that's, I think, where the Phillies have fallen a bit flat. Yeah, I, that's that's a good point. I mean, most of the guys on the team, you know, Nola and, and, and Reese came up through the system, but a lot of their big names right now, they brought in from elsewhere. Yeah, Harper, yeah. Romuto, McCutcheon. I mean, a lot of those guys yeah. were not homegrown type guys. Right. Didi, Wheeler, most of them, so... Yeah. It's frustrating because that the way to really win and have sustained success is to draft well and develop those guys. And the Phillies have done a poor job of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, shifting gear a little bit, Eagles. So the draft is next week. Thank God. I mean, thank <laughs> God. Do we need the NFL draft? Oh, I'm so I'm, excited. I'm going to sit I'm there. I'm desperate for it. I'm desperate for yeah. it. Like real sports content that is like, it might not be games, but it's like, I, I need it so bad. I will, I will not leave yeah. the TV for, for hours. It's going to be great. It's funny. Usually, 
you know, I'll watch the first round and I'm like really into it. Like I'm hyper focused. I want to see everything that goes on in the first. And then after that, it's like, yeah, I I should give you some background here. I'm actually a Jets fan. So everything, everything about the draft and football is is terrible to me. Yes, yes, that is rough. That is rough. And it's funny, every year, like, I'll say to my wife, like, I think this is the year. They're going to draft so-and-so, and they're going to do this. And she just rolls her eyes, just like, Nick, come on. <laughs> it's the Jets. It's the Jets. Yeah. I'm like, I know. I know. You got Joe Douglas, though, now, you know, Joe I Douglas. Do, I love we, Joe we, Douglas. We Eagles fans are fans of Joe Douglas. When, so. when they got Joe Douglas, um, every Eagles fan around here that I've met has, was like, oh, my God, you're so lucky, and he's going to bring all, all these great players in, and... So that's that's what I'm hoping for. You know, this Fingers is his crossed. first real chance to yeah. to show us what he got. Put so. his uh, kind of stamp on the team, so to speak. So, <laughs> yeah, I like Joe Douglas. I think he's smart. He's a good football guy. So. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's been a rough go for the Jets. I'm with you. I get it. For sure. So, yeah. I mean, Eagles fans, you kind of had the same. I mean, for Eagles, a while. Had, Eagles yeah. had a lot more success than the Jets have. We like did. Our, the, our last, our last, if you want to call it success, was literally Sanchez, yeah. Mark Sanchez yeah. And, and Rex Ryan, sure. which, you know, after the whole butt fumble, that kind of just um, <laughs> died. I don't it even want to all. talk about that. Yeah, that's rough. It's been a rough go. Yeah, a rough for sure. Go. But uh, who do you think? Who do you think the Eagles are going to go for? Obviously, wide receiver is their biggest need right sure. now. Sure, that no seems question. to be where everybody's uh pointing towards but what do you think yeah um so if you look at howie roseman's history he generally does not draft wide receivers high he is uh in his drafts he's traded out of the uh first once and then he's taken a quarterback and then every other first round pick he's made has been an offensive or defensive lineman so history says they won't but you look at what he's done this offseason, the way they've kind of built this team. It's been all defense. They went out and traded for Darius Slay. They signed Javon Hargrave. They've made a lot of defense first moves when everyone thought they would be going all in on wide receivers. So, um, look, I think Howie is a, a firm believer in the best player available type of thing. I think um, he certainly could trade up or trade back if the right move is there. But I don't think he's going to force a wide receiver. I don't think he's going to say, oh, we have to take a wide receiver because that's what we need. Yeah. So I, I think it really will depend on how the board falls. But I think one way or the other, they will come out of this draft with wide receivers. I think at least a couple of them. The question is if it's a guy that they want in the first or if they can move up and get one of those three big guys, the Ruggs, Judy, CeeDee Lamb type of guy. Mm-hmm. That that would obviously be very cool. I think Eagles fans would be very happy with that. But um, the way it seems, and again, I think the mock drafts, it's so hard to really know, you know, they're never yeah. right. It's yeah, always, you know, someone always falls, isn't that? <clears throat> so um, I, I think if they can get a wide receiver in the first round, they will. I think, it, I, I don't think how he will reach for one though. So if one of those three big guys is off the board, maybe Justin Jefferson, if not, right. I think it's more likely trades back and tries to get a couple receivers than tries to force it at 21. Yeah. I mean, Jefferson's the name I've heard the most in most of those, you know, mock drafts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was really surprised that they didn't, bring any receivers in in the offseason. I mean, they lost Aguilar. You know, their best receiver right now is is Deshaun Jackson. And and unless this is 10 years ago, you know, I just don't, I don't see that as being their best option. Well, look, I think Deshaun's value, the problem is he can't count on Deshaun to be on the field. Well, I think that's the bigger issue. If he's healthy, I think Deshaun's a nice weapon to have, but he's not your number one receiver. He's a, he's a deep threat guy. You know, he's, you, you hope you can, bust open a few plays right but uh, yeah they need someone especially someone young who they can kind of put with Carson Wentz and have him grow with him into the future I think is a 
massive need for this team. But again, I think Howie's, I also think that, and Howie's made this very clear. And I think the moves have kind of shown it that they're, they're building for a three year period. They're not necessarily going all in, so to speak on 2020. So I don't think he's going to let need force him to make a move one way or the other. I think he's really going to stick to who he thinks is the best player available. Now his draft record hasn't been that great. You know, he don't know if the best player available in high Roseman's mind is really the right player to take. Right. But I think he's been good at all the other parts of being a GM, so to speak. So um, hopefully he can kind of get the draft thing down a little bit better this season. But ultimately I think if there's value there, whatever that value is, whether it's a trade, whether it's a player they really like, he's going to jump on value. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be nice to see, you know, the Eagles are in a tough position right now. A lot of their core players are, are starting to age beyond Wentz, sure. you know, um, the rest of their division, I wouldn't count the Giants or, or the, the Redskins as anything special, but, you know, the Cowboys have a younger squad. They, I mean, they kind of, yeah, they're talented. They, they kicked themselves out of the playoffs last year, really. They sure did. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is could be either a window of opportunity or that window is starting to close for the Eagles. It could go to either side of the coin right now. Well, I think that's why he's really trying to restock with youth yeah. and really try and build with you. I think the last three years, especially they, they won the Super Bowl in 17, then I think right. 18 and 19 were really about winning it again and doing kind of everything they could to say, all right, we're winning it this year. Nothing else matters, Super Bowl or bust. And I think after those two years, you're kind of in a spot where, all right, we've got some older players. We've got some bad contracts. We've got some yeah. changes that need to be made. So I think he's really saying, all right, we might not win the Super Bowl this year. We'll be competitive. We're not going to yeah. give up a year of Wentz's prime. But at the same time, we're not going all in in a classic sense for 2020. I think he's far more focused on 2021 and 2022 and building a team that can move forward into that window. So you never know. Look, I, no one was talking about them winning the Super Bowl in 2017. So that right. came out of nowhere. and. They were the best team in football that year. So I think football's a, you know, we always say it's a week to week league. Anything can happen on a yeah. week to week basis. It's really a year to year, year league now, too. It's, it's not easy, but like, look, the Niners just went from four and 12 to the Super Bowl. I mean, you can see teams take big jumps in a year to year type of thing. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles are, are really good this year, but I don't think that their plan is we're going to be awesome in 2020. I think they're saying we're going to compete in 2020. We're going to be awesome in 2021 and 2022. That's a good point. I mean, as long as they have, Carson Wentz, you know. Yeah, you got a chance. Yeah. I, yeah. My only thing, my heart breaks for the guy. I, I mean, he's never completed a season start to finish fully healthy. Well, his rookie year he did, but but since then he is not. Yeah, 2016 he played I'm all trying. 16 games. Did he? Okay. Yeah, but but again, people always forget about that because then the next year he tore the ACL, and the right, next year right, the broken right. back, and then this year he was healthy all 16 games, but then, of course, the concussion in the playoffs, it's like you can't catch a break. I feel bad for the kid, too, especially yeah. the the playoff concussion. I mean, that's just oh, it's heartbreaking. Rookie, yeah, heartbreaking, just bad luck, and I think a dirty play from Clowney, but regardless, right. you know, just bad luck for Carson Wentz that he finally makes it through the 16 games after all the talk of injury prone and all yeah. that. He's getting there with – you know, you and me playing wide receiver for him. And, you know, and then he, he gets, gosh, it was a real bummer. I feel bad yeah. for him, but I, 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 I'm not ready. I don't want to, I don't think he's injury prone. I think he's just had some bad luck. Okay. I mean, I think it, had he not gotten the concussion, I think they would have won that game. Me too. But, I, uh, I think if Josh McCown doesn't tear his hamstring, they might've won that game. They, that, they had a real chance to win that game. Yeah. Yeah. That was a shame. I, we, we were all set. We were all excited. We had like the popcorn bowl and, 
Uh, it was just such a shame to watch it. And yeah, we actually lost. The air got sucked out of the room real yeah. quick with that one. Yeah, we actually lost power for that game. So it was oh, like no. the last, yeah, the last five minutes we lost, we lost power. And at oh, that point goodness. it was, it was still close. It was like, well, when's this but on it the fell field? Over. Yeah, it yeah, so, fell over. Yeah, it just fell over. It just felt uh, like they didn't have a chance. There was, there wasn't a miracle coming our way. So no. it didn't really miss much there. Yeah, it's true. But, um. Yeah, at least uh, you know I'm still hoping we we actually have a football season. And... Tell me about it. Yeah, same with like all this stuff. It's just it seems the the going back to what we were talking about before with the yeah. baseball plans and all that. It does, it is heartening, so to speak, that they are they're doing everything they can to play like they yeah. want to play this season. I'm sure all these leagues want to play. They're going to do everything they can yeah. to figure it out. So that is a a positive, but. Again, you know, certain factors are out of your control and they can only do what they can do. I think we'll have a football season. I don't know if there'll be fans there, though. I really don't. I don't know if we'll be at that point yet where you could pack a stadium with fans. So I think that'll be fascinating to watch football. I think probably the most impacted of all the sports in terms of the difference between having fans in a stadium or not. I mean, I think it's the sport where the fans make the biggest difference. You yeah. know what I mean? The fact that, you know, an opposing team can hear all their signals and not, you know, there's no noise and whatever. I mean, that's going to be weird. Yeah. That's going to be, um, you know, the home field advantage, I think matters more there than in other sports, but regardless, I'll take it any way I can get it. You know, just, just play sports for me, please. I think, I think we'll get a lot more commercials. You seem to have to make their money somehow, right? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Whatever it takes. It's a business first and foremost. Yeah. I think you'll have like a big border around the screen, like for Bud Light or, or whatever, every hour, every half hour. So it'll just change to something else. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it takes. I'm in. Yeah. But I, I, you know, a lot of the other leagues like basketball and, and, and hockey, I mean, they'd just be entering the playoffs right now. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Well, uh, I think if they come back, I think that's all they'll do. They'll try and get their playoffs yeah. in and we'll I see. Hope so I did see something. I think uh, NBA was talking about possibly July doing like for a, the playoffs and then starting the season in, in Christmas time and all that, which would be great. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. You know, I, yeah. I think they were talking about a 10 team playoff with the top five top seeds. I saw maybe best of five instead of best of seven. You know, whatever they they could do to, to get this in, they're going to do it. I mean, realistically, the six, seven, eight seeds never really go anywhere anyway. I mean, it's, yeah, it happens, exactly. but it's so rare in ba- basketball. Especially in that, basketball. Hockey, it's a lot more absolutely. Common, so to speak. You know, hockey, they can get away with having a, a 16-team playoff right now. It'd be totally fine. Basketball, why even bring in those, those teams, the six, seven, eight teams, if you're putting those players at risk and they're probably not getting past the Lakers. They're probably not getting past, uh, you the know, the box. Sure. Yeah. The nuggets. I don't know. So yeah, I'm with you, but, uh, all right. Well, James pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, It's been a blast. Man. <laughs> all right. Thanks um, for having me. Thanks for coming by and, uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Just let me know, man. I, I right. got, lo- I got lots of time these days. So. Oh, perfect. Me too. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks again to James Seltzer for uh, popping by the show. Uh, if you want to hear more from him, like I said, he works for uh, Sports Radio WIP. He also has a couple podcasts out there, uh, High Hopes about the Philadelphia Phillies and Go Birds, in which he uh, talks mostly about birds that he sees in the wild. I'm just kidding. He talks about the Eagles on that one. That was my that was my version of a joke. I don't know if you liked it or not. Anyway, uh, special thanks as usual to Johanna Drago. She is the content designer, logo editor, and set designer of this podcast. She cut my hair the other day, so I guess she's also our hairdresser, and uh, even helped get James on the show so she could be our talent 
person. I don't really know the names of these things, so I'm just making it up as I go along. Of course, special thanks to our social media warriors, Mary Kay Albert, Gary Albert, and of course, Joe Calabro, who is also a big fan of the show, Jorge Pajares, he's out there too somewhere listening in, I'm sure. And then uh, the music you hear for the show is a song called Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. A link to his website can be found in the show notes. Like I said, if you like what you heard, find me on uh, Facebook, SoundCloud, YouTube, and the Twitter. Just type in Sports 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 with Nick Drago. Or you can uh, email me directly, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. With that, like, share, comment, tweet, tweet, Twitter at me. And uh, yeah, that's all I really have for the show today. So uh, pleasure talking to you guys on a Tuesday, no less. Don't worry, I'll still be here Sunday because, you know, we got the draft coming up and all that fun stuff. So uh, good seeing you, friends, and uh, we'll catch you next time.